0: I'm Mark Iskowitz, Editor-at-Large, and welcome to the MMNM Podcast, medical marketing and media's show about healthcare marketing writ large. Hey, this is Mark, and I'm joined by MMNM's Editor-in-Chief, Larry Dobrow, for this week's edition of the MMNM Podcast. Hey, Larry, how you doing?
1: All right. How you doing, man?
0: I'm well, Thanks.
1: <laughs> we're, we're, we're putting on our big formal voices here. I think everybody really wants that from us. So let's do it.
0: Absolutely. You know, well, uh, you know, that's a wrap, as they say. The m M&M and Agency 100 <laughs> issue went to press a couple of weeks ago. Six months in the making, 109 profiles and 190 pages. And uh, from what I hear, a unique literary theme. So we're going to talk about that on this week's edition. So looking forward to it. Let's do it. But first, some housekeeping items. Live on our website starting Tuesday, June 7, is the Agency 100 content package from the June issue. You'll find all the familiar set pieces, from the original staff written profiles of the biggest medical marketing agencies and health-focused consultancies in North America, to the family tree, showing how the agency universe looks after another frenetic year of M&A. Plus the pull-out revenue table, Q&As, ones to watch, and much, much more. It's the independent, original reporting you've come to appreciate from m M&M and in a convenient digital format. Make sure to register, if you haven't already done so, to access this authoritative and comprehensive look at the industry. Also, keep an eye out for MMM's Women of Distinction program. Also taking place on Tuesday, June seven in NYC, the Women of Distinction Forum and Awards event celebrates the individuals whose leadership, creativity, and insight continue to inspire everyone who encounters them. Follow hashtag MMM Women of Distinction for takeaways. And now back to our show. Okay, so the first talking point I have here in my notes here is... Well, mostly you taking the obligatory victory lap uh, for this thing. (laughs) Uh, So uh, so why don't you go ahead and do that?
1: Well, it's not really a victory lap so much as a, okay, let's take a nap. Um, I think all of us, you know, you, me, uh, the production team, the commercial team, our marketing team, everybody, you know, needs a little bit of rest after putting this thing together. But in a lot of ways, from the outset, this thing has been a labor of love, you know, way back when, when it was only 50 firms, then it went up to 60, then it went up to 75. I think there was some kind of a internal competition with some of the other pay market titles to make sure that we had the most agencies and, uh In doing so, we won the competition and, you know, gave ourselves this crazy making project, but we've talked about it a bunch of times. It's one of the great things that we do. It gives us the opportunity to talk to a lot of people that we admire, um, that we can learn from, and um, it gives us kind of the biggest, biggest, biggest picture look at where the medical marketing business is mid-year, every year.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We started, as you said, back in the aughts doing like 40 or so, 50 of these uh, in the issue. And then we just, it just kept going up from there. And, you know, we had to arrive at hundred at some point, just, just one of those round numbers. But um, as you said, in your editor's note, which everybody should read um, as part of the package, we couldn't have done it without a culture of communication and collaboration and respecting one another, which I thought was very exceedingly well said. You know, nobody got too out of line during, during the process. Uh, it's, uh, it's a testament <laughs> well, to you.
1: Except probably me, but uh, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Well, you, you kept everybody in check and uh, you know, you're uh, and if you, if you can keep my neuroses in check, then that's you're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> Not at all. So uh, what makes this year's uh, a 100 difference uh, unique special? Let's Let's talk about that for a moment.
1: Well, I I think going into this, we expected this to be sort of the the post-COVID issue, which was kind of silly because, okay, you know, we started working on this probably back in November or December when all of a sudden the numbers spiked right back up. So what was envisioned as the post-COVID issue with a lot of the return to work concerns and a lot of the things that come with it, all of a sudden became almost like an enduring type issue. You know, how are you working? How are you sustaining culture? How are you doing what you do at a time when everything is still so up in the air? And most of the conversations we had, um, you know, obviously you had a bunch of them, I had a bunch of them, the rest of our amazing, amazing editorial team had a bunch of them. Most of those conversations were sort of that, they were sort of about balance, about how you return to as much of the, as we we'll always say, new normal as possible, but at the same time, acknowledge that things are different and they're never going to be what they were back in February of 2020. So that to me was the larger context of what we reported in and what we wrote in.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, moving into year two of the pandemic, which this issue kind of chronicles, obviously last year we chronicled the medical marketing industries encounter with the unprecedented year one of the pandemic. And year two is uh, a lot of the same. Yeah. Like you said, kind of enduring that virtual pivot, but, you know, some of the live encounters coming back online, you know, with uh reps starting to work their way back into doctor's offices, some medical Congresses here or there, maybe toward the end of the year, kind of getting back, but really, you know, a lot of the the pivot to digital, excuse the phrase, continued. (laughs) Uh, So a lot of the work that was put in place uh, during year one from the industry I think it really kicked into high gear, and that's what a lot of agencies I heard were saying. You know, like all the all the work we did in 2020, we reaped the windfall for that in in 21 with all the digital stuff that they did. And you know, there was a lot of um, you know digitization, so to speak, of all those glossy sales aids and all the making the medical congresses work virtually and all that stuff. They were able to just kind of put in play again uh, for a second year. So definitely that theme, you know, I, I like the literary theme too. I thought that worked really nicely. I thought the book covers came out great, you know, for, for people that are just kind of discovering that now this week, as they wade into the content, you know, we were, we tried to figure out what kind of theme As it was, we always kind of hang our hat on, on a theme, you know, like last year was the, uh, was the movie posters. Uh, the the year before that was the album covers. And, uh, this year we had everything from, uh, 81 QD in the chamber of analytics to concentric and the terrifying return to the abandoned office, you know, just to kind of name a couple of, couple of the fun ones I thought, but I, I, I got a kick out of that.
1: Yeah, the covers are, you know, we, we've tried to come up with a creative conceit for each of the last couple of Agency 100 issues. Uh, we did record covers. Uh, we did movie posters this year. We did book covers. We actually have an idea for next year, which, of course, I am not allowed to share, but it could be pretty entertaining. Uh, start a, start checking out all the stuff in your pantries is probably the best way to uh, tease it. But I think to to the larger point you talked about just before, about digitization and how everything had to go digital very quickly. Um, In a way, I think agencies were rewarded for embracing that spirit of experimentation. I think there was an acknowledgement that, you know what, not everything's going to go well. A lot of the times in healthcare marketing, companies are afraid to fail. They wait for somebody else to do something quickly. I think in 2020, it became, well, you didn't have any choice. You either try doing something one way or you don't do it at all. And that made the business better. And I think it made agencies much more invaluable partners because they were able to guide companies that were, Really, I don't want to say flailing, but companies that were definitely looking for that guidance. And, uh, you know, you look at the numbers, you look at how well most of the Agency 100 participants did in 2021 and the groundwork that they laid, it worked. You know, it's an industry that's thriving and it's an industry that's thriving at a time when it's not easy to thrive. So, uh, you know, hats off to everybody.
0: Yes. Yes. Very well said. There was a lot of holding, you know, the last couple of years. And I think the agency 100 really thrived off of that handholding let's talk about how folks can get the most out of the content package a lot of the set pieces that people recognize from year to year like the agency family tree and the trends overview obviously the profiles themselves the ones to watch those things return in kind of their various iterations you know we kind of update them refresh them if you will Year year to year, but um, how can people navigate their way through this? Like, what, what's the best way to, to get the most out of the content?
1: Well, it depends on who you are. If you're somebody who's in the uh, shopping for an agency, or maybe not happy with your existing agency, you know, it gives you as good a guide to the most essential companies as you're going to find anywhere. Um, all these profiles are editorially written. Nothing is run by anybody. Um, nobody will see these until they go live. I believe we're publishing this podcast on Monday, so they will not be. Visible to anybody until they go live at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, Tuesday, June 7. If you're somebody who's at one of the agencies, it's a good way to take a look around, you know, who's doing stuff well, who are some of the people that are coming up to compete with you, who are some of the people that maybe are showing a couple signs of weakness. It's, it's a guide. You could almost use it as a map to the agency space. You can find out where everybody's situated right now, where they were as back as far back as 2020 and where they're heading for the rest of 2022 and beyond.
0: Yeah, a map, very, very apropos analogy, Uh, and especially. I'm not as, sure it's a map
1: anymore. I'm not sure it's a map anymore. It's kind of our GPS, right? You know, plug it into your phone, right. and that'll get you there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, would, I would expect the the revenue table you know to be one of the most most well used you know aspects of this as it is by us you know thinking about how we as a staff use it i definitely refer to that a lot and it just provides good context you know and anytime there's a new acquisition or whatnot you know you're going to find within the profiles themselves a nice summation of all of the business development and uh, all the, the key account wins and, and obviously what makes each agency unique which is something that we pride ourselves on being able to do. Absolutely. Okay. And next up, I know we, we kind of, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier, you know, in terms of the performance of the 100, but let's talk about, you know, notable trends and, and data points. What, what stood out to you, whether it's from a performance aspect or, or something else in this year's uh, agency issue.
1: This is one of the things that we've struggled with, I think, in past years. Um, a lot of the times agencies, you know, whether they're under NDAs or whether they just don't want to reveal anything about their work, they're not too keen, or at least they weren't in the past, to discuss specifics of client work. This year, I found either agencies got the go-ahead or they were like, you know what, we're proud of what we've done. We need to trumpet this out to the world because there was much, much, much less resistance to sharing client names, to sharing brand names, and to basically, you know, kind of, you know, pounded on their chest a little bit and saying like, we did this, we did this under horribly annoying circumstances. It went incredibly well. You know, we want to tell the world about it. I think that's really good. And as much as, you know, we're not discounting any of the conversations that we have that strictly revolve around internal issues at agencies, but you know, the work that goes out into the world. I mean, that's why everyone's here. Right. So I found that to be a very refreshing change from years past Sort of the flip side of that, I found it interesting how everybody was eager to talk about culture, but it wasn't just in one of these bland, like, wow, look at us. We had Zoom happy hours. You know, we, we went up on our rooftop terrace. I mean, people talked about why they made the decisions they did in terms of office returns, in terms of DE&I expansive policies, and so many other things. It wasn't just a, look at us, our culture is unique. Why is our culture unique? Because we said it was unique. It was actual talking about the secret sauces. And I'm fascinated by how well agencies were able to, to to delineate what they were doing. Ordinarily, these conversations can come off as a little touchy-feely and, you know, everybody's proud of what they do. Everybody's proud of their culture, but I think it's very instructive to see what the best agencies did on the cultural front. And I don't think you're going to be surprised to hear this, but the agencies that did very well on that front are the ones that did not have as much problem as everybody else in terms of retention and uh, acquiring new people. So I think everything's, everything's locked in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is notable for sure. And perhaps that's why the, uh, performance was what, what it was, you know, just to kind of give a sneak peek for those who haven't seen it yet. The a 100, uh, had another double digit revenue, uh, surge last year. And, uh, that speaks to the the fact that they, uh, they didn't fall apart, you know, quite the opposite during the pandemic. Uh, they really thrived despite or because of the turmoil and, you know, holding and guiding their, their clients through it. Staff counts were also up by double digits. And if you look at your family tree, which you, you do an excellent job of every year. And um, I mean, I, I remember doing that back in 2006 for the, uh, what was the 40th anniversary issue at that time. And it's, it's really, uh, it was a lot of fun and it's amazing to see how that's changed, you know, that back then we were intent on showing how all the modern day agencies kind of evolved from their original beginnings. But, you know, now it's really kind of keeping track of the Joneses in terms of who's merging with who, who's buying who. Uh, And so uh, I should have mentioned that earlier, but I think that that will be one of the most red pieces of content here is all the lineages and the new uh, you know, mini networks and everything with IPG Health forming, for instance, um, and FISHUAC and, uh, you know, all of the sort of mid-tier upstarts. That was a, a trend. I thought that was notable and nicely, you know, summed up in, in, in your family tree.
1: Yeah. You know, what, what's interesting about that this year is that the family tree, um, when we, I guess when we brought it back a couple of years ago, it was an uh, agency solar system. And it became an impossible thing to do, first of all, because we couldn't fit it all on a spread. And second of all, because certain companies said, wait a second, why is their planet smaller than mine? It's like, you know, it's not to scale, it's all relative, you know, we're not, we're not talking, uh, you know, we're not talking, uh, you know, we're not measuring the diameter of all the various circles here. But anyway, when we switched to the agency family tree a couple of years ago, it was almost a straightforward exercise. Um, there was Omnicom, there was Abbas. there was everyone else. Now we have so many other agencies and then we have so many others like Fingerpaint is for all intents and purposes an agency now, We're okay, a, a network now, excuse me. Real chemistry, a network now, so many of the companies that started out as one thing have evolved into something else. And there's been a ton of MA activity and putting it together. This year's family tree looks nothing like last year's family tree. And that shows the, uh, that shows that, you know, this business is where the action is at, right?
0: Yep. It's, it's summed up right there. You know, you see all, all the new activity. This industry is definitely a, a, got a big, uh, you know, target on its back. I'm not sure that's, that's the right analogy, but they've definitely a, uh, where the action is okay uh let's let's segue over to uh, anecdotes from the trenches as i have it here in in my show notes um (laughs) you know i'll I'll go first just kind of like a little bit of a personal anecdote um i got all my profiles done you know by around april mid-april april 17th let's say and then I, I filed one. Uh, and then for some reason, I'll say I was, I was working on other writings. Uh, I didn't file my next <laughs> one for a couple of weeks. And I think that really I lost a little bit of my momentum there. So that's that's one thing I wish I had done a little differently. And I just first this 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 year it just seemed like a real bear, you know, to, to get through it all. And, you know, each profile really requiring, you know, who did they who did they acquire or who acquired them? And, uh, you know, just really being meticulous about making sure that everything was was in there and accurate. And, uh, you know, thank God we have a good fact checking process and a good editing process. But then again, uh, after I finished it all. I'm just as excited to get started for next year's. You know, like even though it's it's a slog, you know, it's it's a labor of love on the editorial front. So that's just my kind of takeaway from the process this year.
1: Well, I can say very definitively, I am not ready to get started for next year. I would like a couple of months of uh, agency one hundred free free living. You know, (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time, yeah, the the reason that this project is a so gratifying and b so challenging is that. we, you know, we put our backs into it. None of the profiles are, this is an agency. This agency does data and analytics. This agency, you know, we try to get beyond the sort of marketing type materials and get into some kind of a narrative because every company, everyone, even the ones that we weren't able to feature in this has a story. Um, you know, and I think that's what we did well this year. We got much deeper into the stories. You're not going to find too many profiles that kind of dabble in generalities, or at least I hope you won't. And um, I mean, listen, the news cycle kind of helped us along <laughs> a little bit in that there was so much M&A activity. There were so many agencies moving into different areas, hiring different people. You know, it was a very interesting year to cover because there was so much interesting stuff going on. Um, i trying to think of other kind of, notes of putting it together. Um, I I think I did this at the outset, but I'd like to call out again to our production team, our commercial team, our marketing team. You know, this is something which involves every aspect of MM&M and a good part of our parent company, Haymarket Business Media. And without everybody kind of working in unison, this thing doesn't happen. Our web dev team, the digital presentation that you'll see tomorrow is so much better than what we did even two years ago. I'm extremely proud of it and I'm extremely happy that it's getting out to the world finally.
0: Yeah, thank, thanks for mentioning that. It really is, um, does bear mentioning It's It's a team effort more so than ever. I mean, it used to be a few of us felt like we were, you know, mm-hmm. on an island kind of putting this thing together when, when, when every, every brand team in the company had its own copy editor and its own art director and and editorial staff and so forth. But now that we're, since we became centralized, you know, with the production hub, you know, it's, it's much more uh, of a team effort. So kudos to the production staff and, and and the sales and marketing staff as well for, you know, really, uh, riding the commercial horse on this thing, as as far as it'll go, you know, I think there's a real appetite out there for agencies to showcase their thinking, showcase their thought leadership. And I think that the story casts really have taken off, which is basically for those who don't know, basically a way for agencies in the A100 to kind of show what makes them unique through, through their own voices, you know, literally. So we, we, we get on, we do a podcast together.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing about those, they're, they're a commercial product, but they do not, sound or play like a commercial product you know there's not a lot of well insert person's name that's an excellent question I mean these are good conversations and I think they further get into what we already discussed about how every company has a story every company did a lot of unusual stuff over the last 18 24 months and that that's what comes out in the conversations as well as it does in our reporting.
0: Yeah, frankly, they're, they're kind of fun to do, you know, like you said, they're commercial, but, um, okay. So, so Larry and Mark, you know, just did did their commercial plug. Uh, we'll we'll jump back (laughs) to the editorial side now to wrap things up, uh, how do we wrap this up? I don't know. Um, it, it was- I
1: think really, I think really, first of all, thank you for uh, you know talking me down off the, uh, off the uh, rooftop many, many times over the course of this. Uh, thanks to our teams and hey, thanks to everybody in the agency world for being such willing partners in this. I mean, certainly there's always push and pull around information that certain companies don't wanna see emphasized. Um, I don't wanna name names, but there was a company that recently underwent a change in leadership and was wondering why that had to be a part of their profile like well you know it changed leadership of course it's going to be a part of your story it doesn't have to be a major part of your story but we do appreciate the push and pull around you know let's make sure we tell the story the right way I don't think anybody wants to throw <laughs> anything you know we don't want to besmirch anybody in these profiles uh you know we want to just tell an honest and good story you know I think we did that and we couldn't have done that without the companies or profiling so thanks for them and uh Yeah, you know, again, it goes back to the labor of love. Um, You know, it's our biggest project. Um, It's one that, you know, again, we put our backs into. And hopefully you will be able to see that when it uh, rolls out to the world tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Eastern time.
0: Yeah, everybody, uh, if you haven't uh, registered on the site, now's a good time to do so so that you'll get uh, un. Encumbered access, uh, unfettered access.
1: <laughs> Unencumbered and unfettered.
0: <laughs> Both, yes. Uh, we're offering that to you uh, today, uh, and it's free. So, uh, so be sure to do that. And uh, you know, yeah, couldn't couldn't say it better myself. Larry, thanks for putting a bow on this thing. Thanks for putting up with me uh, again another year. And thanks for everybody out there as well. You know, if, if absolutely. Uh, for, for putting up with, with us on this again. I hope everybody enjoys the A100. Larry, it was great putting it together with you again. It was great talking As to always, you my it again. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time on the MMM podcast. Take care. That's it for this week. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up. Better yet, subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice and help others discover the show. The MMM Podcast is produced by Bill Fitzpatrick, Deborah Stahl, Bradley Weems, and Gordon Faylor. Our theme music is by Sizi M. We're out every week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.